Welcome to the Demystifying Education Podcast. This is a podcast series meant to be an informative piece focused on how a personalized learning curriculum, financial literacy, and media literacy classes can be alternative ways to restructure and fix the truly outdated high school education model that we have today. I'm your host, Jeremiah Teams Robinson, a current USC Trojan and a proud alum of Spring Valley High School. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome, everybody, to the third episode of DM, the Demystifying Education Podcast. It's your boy, Jeremiah, again, and if you don't know me by now, no worries. It's okay. It's nice to meet you, and thank you for tuning into my podcast today. Our episode for this week is called Media Literacy with Bassam, and before I get into all of the goodness that is within this episode, I wanted to give those who didn't listen to last week's episode a chance to learn more about the first episode and explain to them and you the connection between the two. So in the first episode, we talked extensively about personalized learning and how it can be beneficial for not only the lives of students, but for the sake of making the current high school education system better suited for today's generation. I'm not talking about yesterday's or the day before that or even 200 years before this one. I'm talking about this generation, right? In a nutshell, personalized learning model Give students the ability to choose 100% of the classes that they will take throughout their time in high school. This model is very different from what is happening now because as we all remember, we had to take a lot of our classes simply to graduate. Right? The physics, the calculus, the you know, pre-calc, all that good stuff, right? But this alternative method gives students more control over what they are learning and gives them a better sense of purpose when it comes to what they are learning because they chose it. This curriculum is connected to media literacy classes because they are both ways to update the public high school curriculum that we have today. The only difference between the two is that media literacy classes is extremely being promoted on this podcast as an additive or an addition to the education system that we have today, while personalized learning can be an alternative education model or an additive to the system that we have in place, right? So media literacy classes can be implemented in schools just as another class that students can take, while the curriculum of personalized learning can be in a totally uh, different methodology and the way in which we teach our students, Huge shout out to Media Literacy Now. All of the research and information that I will be referring to for this episode stems from their organization and all of their hard work. MLN essentially is a leading advocacy organization for media literacy and educational policy all across the United States. And MLN defines media literacy as a key 21st century skill where we teach our students to apply critical thinking to media messages and to use media to create their own messages. In other words, what Media Literacy Now's definition means is that the benefits of media literacy is all about giving students, one, the ability to decode media messages, 
Two, it gives them the ability to assess the influence of those messages on their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And three, it gives students the ability to create media thoughtfully and responsibly. Such benefits, if you really think about it, honestly, are extremely important now more than ever because our children and youth are spending so much time using media nowadays. It's on an unparalleled level in comparison to the generations before the current ones. In fact, from a report released in October 2019 by the nonprofit organization Common Sense Media, found that 8 to 12 year olds in the United States now use screens for entertainment for an average of four hours and 44 minutes a day. And 13 to 18 year olds are on screens for an average of seven hours and 22 minutes each day. Now, if any of these numbers are alarming to you, what's the biggest alarming factor is not that. It's all of these numbers aren't even inclusive of the time that students use on their screen for schoolwork or homework. Wow. Imagine what it would be today with the addition of all class having to be virtual right now due to COVID-19. I bet it's almost double. Now, although there is a lot of issues that come along with always being exposed to media, I won't sit here and tell you there isn't some positives in always being exposed to media and having accessibility to media 24-7. If used well, the media can actually entertain and inform people in positive ways too, such as, but not limited to, one, giving teens a platform to showcase their technological savviness and creativity, two, increasing students' self-confidence by giving introverts spaces to express themselves and their ideas, and three, the web actually makes it easier for some people to create lifelong friends through the way that the internet groups people with similar interests with one another through apps and other things like of that nature. However, since most children aren't taught to use media thoughtfully, many media messages contribute to public health issues, issues such as obesity because of the increased convenience and accessibility to food nowadays Media also, unfortunately, contributes to cyberbullying and fuels envious thoughts, people's low self-esteem, depression, negative body image, and so much more. These issues are things that the current generation battles with on a daily basis, and so will the younger generations after us. Therefore, having media literacy classes is one of the key ways that we can prepare our students for these negative effects that comes with constantly being exposed to the media. Hey, Jeremiah, what does implementation actually look like? Don't worry, I got you. Implementation of media literacy literally means having educators and policymakers, right, allocating resources and funds into our schools for teachers who are willing to teach these classes on media literacy. I know it sounds easier said than done. However, that's the big change that we would need. After that is done, these media literacy classes can be implemented into schools Either one, into the core requirements that all students must take to graduate high school, or two, they can be offered as a, one of the courses that each student can select to take in the array of classes offered to them through the personalized education model that was presented in episode one and explained. The main benefit, right, of the first option is that by making a requirement 
we will ensure that all students who graduate high school will be equipped with the skills necessary to be more protected from the media's propaganda and persuasion than they would have been otherwise. While the key positive of the second option is that the students who will elect to take this skill will be more likely to retain and store the teachings of these classes because they themselves seeked out the course and have a genuine interest in it. Irrespective of which option is better for our students and that is ultimately chosen, we both update the system that we got today by including media literacy classes in and of its entirety. In these media literacy classes, we will teach students how to find factual research from reputable sources, how to assess the validity and biases of different sources, as well as how to use media to convey their own opinions. As of today, 22 states have enacted no policies whatsoever about media literacy classes having to be in high schools in some shape, way, or form. Consequently, now that means that almost half of our public high school educators don't even teach their students the importance of how to optimally navigate through all of the madness that is the internet. The younger generations of the 21st century were born in the digital area and hence have an overabundance of information at their disposal with an unlimited access to all the forms of media, but don't know how to navigate through it, don't know how to really weed through the hay and find the needle in the haystack. Navigating and decoding the media's messages is vital for the fight against my generation's struggles and the ones after and younger than me with depression, herd mentalities, and self-image dilemmas that stem from social media. And again, one of the best ways to ensure that our youth knows how to do this is by the inclusion of media literacy classes in our high schools. Now, with all that being said, I know it was a lot, but we will now be transitioning into the last segment of this episode, which will feature Bassam Albasan. He's a good, very good friend of mine and is a recent Syracuse University graduate and is now currently pursuing grad school at the University of Southern California. Now, without further ado, here is Bassam Albasan. Check it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome, Basam, to the Demystifying Education Podcast. It's always so great to talk to you, and it's a blessing to have you here with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeremiah. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm, the, I'm glad the semester's about to be a wrap. It's about to be over. Yeah, we're coming close to that. So. Yeah, it's great. Um, but just a quick reminder for you, bro, um, this discussion is meant to be an open, honest discussion, a safe space on education. So feel free to just talk as candidly as you want here and as freely as possible. I really just want the conversation to keep going and to, for us all to be able to speak as truthfully as possible. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's do it. Uh, to go ahead and tell us more about yourself and what you do. So um, I'm a so I'm, I'm an international graduate student. I'm, I'm from Kuwait. Uh, I spent the last four years here in the States. I went to school in Syracuse, New York. I got my undergraduate degree in psychology um, and mindfulness studies. And I am currently pursuing uh, a master of social work here at the University of Southern California with uh, an emphasis on children, youth, and families. So I'm working a lot with, you know, um, probably in educational settings. My work has a lot to do with that, and mm. as well as, as um, 
treating children and their families um, in a diverse context of sex. Mm. That's beautiful, bro. Thank you for all that you do. Yeah. I know you do a lot of good work. It's actually funny. So when I when I when I first met you, one of the first conversations that we had was about media literacy. It was, yeah. Yeah, and um, I thought I think it's ironic here that now I have you here on a podcast talking about right. it. Right. Um, it's it's really great. So you know, with that being said, you know, what do you, what do you define as media literacy? You know, what does it mean to you? You know, how important do you think it is for like our youth and maybe even some of the clients that you work with? So media literacy, I feel, is the ability to discern what is real in you know, on a very fundamental level, what is real from what isn't. Mm. Um, we're constantly being you know, bombarded nowadays, you know, regardless of, of, of what platform you're using. Um, uh, you know, the, the current algorithms that exist um, in these large social media companies that exist in Silicon Valley don't really have um, an, an ethical sort of foundation built into them. Um, a lot of them will suggest whatever they think you want to see, mm. right? And then what that ends up creating is sort of um, 7 billion different realities for everybody because all, all anyone else sees is whatever um, the algorithm thinks they want to see. Mm. So not only do you have things, you know, like like the, the extreme political polarization that we have in this country today, People not being people believing or, or reading whatever they see, as opposed to you know stopping and saying, well, what do I actually think about this? You know, is this a credible source, mm-hmm. right? And if we don't really have any media literacy, if this is just sort of a topic that's overlooked, then you have a much larger fundamental problem of what is truth, right? And if mm-hmm. we can't agree on what is true, then how are we supposed to function as a society? Not sort of. Yeah, no, I agree. We we here at uh, DM actually absolutely agree with you, and think that media literacy is all about being able to assess the information that is that you have at your disposal and being able to say, okay, is this biased, left, right, and not even in a, a political sense, but just in general, who created this content and why? What's the purpose behind why they created it? Mm-hmm. You know, was it was the purpose to uh, make us buy a product? so it can benefit them in the long run or is it so that they can have more sway mm. or you know whatever it may be whatever it may be it's all about being able to assess um what the content is that you're looking at and then after you're assessing it's um you know legitimacy then you're being able to go okay from that how do i form my own decision and my own opinion based on what i'm looking at you know kind of like what you were talking about and i think it's beautiful because something that's a lot of, you know, our generation struggling with right now is kind of this idea of imposter syndrome, right? I know you've heard of it. It's kind of this idea that everything that we look at today is kind of, oh, that's where I want to be. Or, oh, that's where I think I should be. But here I am today in my flesh and I feel like I shouldn't be here. And I, I'm not kind of, I can't live up to that, you know, because that's what I'm always seeing. So for me to you is if you have a client and they're kind of having these kind of these issues kind of like with maybe body image or um, bullying, cyberbullying, you know, what is some advice that you would give to them or what is something that you usually do for your clients to kind of help them kind of stay grounded and kind of be able to be positive and not kind of rely on the media as much? Mm. That's actually a great question. Well, something that we would do is, you know, essentially 
my, my job isn't to advise. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not someone that gives advice mm. because I, you know, when treating a client, the the idea isn't for you to decide what's best for them. It's for you to give them the space to understand what's best for them, mm. right? Um, so so um, you know, with with imposter imposter syndrome is rooted in a level of anxiety, and a lot of the anxiety that we have today is. Um, sort of rooted in, in the way that our schools are created, mm. especially with parents. Um, you know, this, this term "helicopter parents" that has been uh, sort of thrown around the last few years of parents that want to get their kids in the best schools and do the best thing and the best that. And kids are are extremely anxious, right? And some yeah. of them, some of them, you know, say you say you come from a low income neighborhood, and, and and that's all you've been doing your entire life, and you get into a school that essentially like gives you a full ride, and then you're like amongst kids who are much wealthier than you, and you feel like, why am I here? You know, why am yeah. I? Why am I this? Why am I that? And some people think of it, and some people have imposter syndrome, and some people don't. Um, but for those that do, um, we you know we we employ like cognitive behavioral techniques where like mm. we, uh, allow person to confront a thought that they have or like a belief and then begin to understand where is this rooted what is this rooted in like why am i you know feeling or thinking about uh, thinking this way um you know because really the reason why people come to therapy is because they they're living in some kind of a loop mm. in some kind of a, a, a cyclical you know pattern of, of behavior in some area of their lives um uh, yeah yeah Absolutely. I appreciate all those words of wisdom. Um, I think it's really important for, you know, keep in mind, this this guy here is a, a very young man. He He's barely in his grad program here, and he's not that much older than all of us, but he really has a lot of experience when it comes to the topic that we have at hand here. And my last question for you is, you know, do you think, you know, after our whole discussion and your experiences in high school, do you think if you had the chance to go back in high school, put yourself back in high school, um, would you have benefited from taking a media literacy class? Like, do you think that some things that you kind of had to overcome could have been avoided if you would have taken a media literacy class? Something that kind of equipped you with the skills necessary to kind of get over these humps when it comes to social media and everything else? Well, I mean, I, I don't know what the, I mean, the, the education here in the United States, hmm. the developed country that it is, yeah. isn't, isn't the best, right? I think America ranks like in the 30s yeah. for, for the best public education system. Um, I went. I was lucky enough to go to a private school, mm. and while I didn't necessarily have like media literacy courses, um, I you know I, I was I did um, the international baccalaureate program, which is like the European equivalent of AP. Yeah. Um, advanced placement, um, and you know my history. Uh, class was filled with you know like primary secondary sources exactly understanding you know is this first hand is the second hand what does either mean what's more powerful and then you know um understanding um sort of how to look for uh textbooks in the library right mm-hmm. understanding well you know the difference between .com and .org and .edu right mm-hmm. um and so in a way I did have a med- I did have I was taught media literacy I was just taught it in bits and pieces I see right but for us to sit down and say yes media literacy has to be a part of um, a, a, a class whose sole purpose is devoted to better prepping individuals to to survive both 
physically and intellectually, mm. right? Exactly. In the world that is about to be presented to them is the important question here, mm. right? It shouldn't be sprinkled in bits and pieces. It should be a very concrete, this is what you should learn. And we devoted an entire class to this because we believe it is that important. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what I expected you to say because for me... I remember the same thing for my for my history class. I got taught about primary sources, secondary sources, like you were saying, and but it was only for bits and pieces. Honestly, maybe a, a day or two out of the entire what four months that I had that class. It wasn't a whole class devoted to it, and I think by giving students an entire class devoted just to media literacy, it would sh- demonstrate to the students how important it truly is. Because then that further down along the road, they're gonna be like, dang. Now that I'm able to, I'm more informed now on assessing the messages I'm receiving. Now they're not as impactful on me and how I kind of internalize things. Because I think that's the bigger issue here at hand too, is that a lot of the ways that people are, um, you know, perceive media is how they internalize it as well. And the way you internalize what you're, you're how you're perceiving things is what, indiv- you know, impacts you in the long run. And, you know, when you're sleeping and you wake up, you don't realize it impacts you until it's too late. Because now those negative thoughts just kind of build on top of one another until eventually, you know, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm more negative than I was yesterday. Absolutely. And you know what? This this is obviously, like, I went to, I graduated in 2016, mm. right? And this is just around the time when, you know, Donald Trump sort of coined the term fake news. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, alternative facts. Yeah. You know? Um, and so... The, the scope of what media literacy means now has changed significantly in the last four years because yeah. we now know that there are foreign adversaries of the United States that have been using the services provided by Facebook mm. right, to publish false ads in order to sway the election in one way versus another. Um, to, um, to think that um, this issue could sway elections or could turn a country in and against itself makes us think that we need to provide a solid universal regardless of where what 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 whether you're from a rural or an or like a, a conservative rural environment or you know a, a, a packed urban environment right. right with different political opinions and beliefs that you all understand how to interpret the the viability and the credibility of a source in the same way. Mm. Um, that there is no discrepancy between any of those groups. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's, it's so, it's the fact that, I like you that you bring that point up, the fact that it can sway elections of an entire country or even have the ability to even turn somebody's head. Shows you how serious Exactly. And that's why I definitely think it needs to be included in our classes and our, in our education system for sure. But yeah, that's pretty much my last question for you, dude. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Basam, for all your words of wisdom and just sharing your perspectives on, you know, media literacy classes. You know, it's it's important for not only our generation, but the generations younger than us as well, like we spoke about. I appreciate your time this evening and hope it inspired those who are listening to think deeper into how impactful uh, media literacy classes could be for not only our individual students, but for the entire high school education system as a whole. Thank you so much, and until next time, fight on.
All right, all right, all right. Well, that's it for today, everybody. Uh, if you like what you heard today about the implementation and benefits and importance of media literacy classes in the high school education system, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts, or honestly, wherever you may listen to podcasts these days, I'm 100% certain I got to upload it on that platform for you. So once again, thanks for listening to the DN Podcast, and I will talk with you all next week. JT out. Bada boom, bada bing.